There are a couple of things we want to do this morning before we go into the world. Uh, today, all over the world, it's Remembrance Day. Hallelujah. And we are recognizing those for one reason or the other have given their lives for the peace, liberty that we are all enjoying today. So we recognize that. But we also recognize as well that as Christians, as believers, people have given their lives for the cause of the gospel. Many have lost their lives in the cause of reaching out to the mission field to minister the gospel. Many have actually been persecuted as well because of their service to the Lord. And it's happening even now. Praise the Lord. And so, we want to take this opportunity as well to recognize those in the faith who have been persecuted as well, who have you know, lost their lives because of you know, the gospel that they preach. Praise the Lord. And we are blessed that we have in our midst today somebody who is involved in ministry that recognizes persecution amongst Christians and try to elevate the issues around the area. He'll be making a presentation to us on the group called the Voice of the Matthias. But before that, I want to quickly show us a theme to make it real to us. That this is happening even right now. Like in the nation, most of us come from in Nigeria. How the militants, Islamic militants, militants specifically, are no killing people because of their worship to the Lord. I'm not very sure whether this should be very clear if the lights are on. So I would appreciate if you can pull the lights, this big light off. Praise the Lord. We want to watch a short film, which is a real life story of what happened in another part of Nigeria and how Christians were persecuted by the militant group called what? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's just watch it and then after the after the film that we have uh, a short presentation there are sister sister there are double. Please can we see the volume?
events that January night at the Deeper Life Bible Church would leave this young mother a widow. Yomi had stayed home with her infant son Elijah while her husband Truly Kirk and his niece and her neighbor's daughter to the prayer meeting. After the shooting rampage at the church, her niece, covered in blood, came to find Naomi and said, your baby's father is dead. 22-year-old Aboise Amuchi was at the church that evening. Witnessed the carnage that would take the life of her father, Silas, and her 10-year-old brother, Gideon. Two other siblings were also shot but survived. The other boy, Charles, the youngest one, died on the way to the hospital. That's when the when my dad died after the day of the day. Then the other two, the girl was shot at the church. And then the church produced the boy was passing out. But the other boy was shot on both legs. A boy who says it hasn't been easy with those who ripped apart her family. As a Christian, we have to do this to do that this to do that. Yeah, I don't know that. All I know is that we are Lord of the Lord. In other words, God, not man, will administer the appropriate punishment those who carried out the killings of her family members and friends. Our voice, he says, the attack has had different effects on the people of the church. It made them strong for those that remained. And it made some scared. That was why some have to leave. The one that I have is that I am very sure they are in a better place because for us it is not left for us to strive to make them strong. After all, everyone has to pass through it. Kimire Okule, whose husband pastors the church under the tax, was there with his children. Husband is not a town of the conference. Kimire suffered a gunshot wound to the head, but survived. Lost one of his good friends that night. Do you are still in church? I was telling God, why did I come to your church and slap you? The time for you to rise, you need to open up. Because what I'm not saying is behind that shadow is that. How shall we meet? If you have a wound on the head, somebody will be here. This thing has been caught from people who are only suffering. And that's why I'm here. So this thing has been me. But when I think of this one, I don't like it. I need to bring it up. No wonder we, if your God will tell me, it's better that we have died in the church of God and we are praying. We do not die for this thing. That is another thing we have to do. sitting on the last row of the church with their four children when his wife was hit with a bullet. I just keep bleeding towards the church. So the next thing that comes to me, maybe if I carry out the attack on that, maybe I'll focus on But they would first have to report the attack to the police, but the police were too afraid to immediately respond. I believe I would have told them to put on a bullet on the church. Before I come back, and to delay before you respond, you should be Halima and her two sons, who were also shot, along with the other injured, would eventually be taken to the hospital. The boys would survive, but Halima would not. Pastor Johnson says he will always remember what his wife said to him just hours before that final prayer.
say, don't look up. No. Trouble will come. Pain will come. Difficulties will come. Then look up. The pain is still there up now. The bone is still there. I just managed to make the grace of God. Rather than the funeral service for the victims of the Keeper Light Bible Church massacre being a time of sadness and pain, it actually turned into a time of revival. Many came to the Lord during the service, and others rededicated their lives to Jesus Christ. Despite the ongoing threats of violence by the Boko Haram, who insist that all Christians leave northern Nigeria, many believers here in Gombe City and throughout the state say that's not going to happen. No matter what, they're staying. Right now, we invite the Bellagio to come and to present us Let's pick up that she won't die. I believe that she will be home by the time we have the eleven o'clock timing. So please let's pick up that child to come down. The children will go to their classes Praise the Lord. And we're just going to pray. Father in heaven, we worship. With our lives, with all that we are, and all that we have. We have no other God, we know no other name except the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you because that name has been a covering for each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. Because of your mercy that we are able to see. Thank you for a time like this, a time so very rich. And so this morning, Lord God of God, we ask that you speak to us in a language that teaches us all of your name. Father, I'm here as a voice. Let my voice, O oh God, take your message to your people. And let your message, Lord, fall on better ground in the hearts of your children. Help us not to be hearers alone, but to be doers of this word. Let your name be exalted in our lives. We give you praise. Give me take charge of this presentation. Exalted be your holy name forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. So like Pastor said, I represent a group, a ministry called the Voice of the Martyrs. It's a worldwide organization. Let me use that word. And what do they do? Just like Pastor said, they minister to the persecuted church. I have some slides, and so we are going to be going with the slides one after the other. Right now we are on slide number one, but I'm going to take from slide number two. And our slide number two says, what is persecution? What do we understand by that as Christians? Because this is something that is in scriptures. 
This is something that we read about every day in our Bibles. What does it mean to us? We have defined persecution as any unjust action of varying levels of hostility. Perpetrated primarily on the basis of religion and directed at Christians. It results in various levels of harm as it is seen or considered from the victim's perspective. That means there could be persecution, not necessarily from the Muslims, but it could be persecution directed against Christians. Persecution means to follow after or to pursue, to oppress or to afflict. Persecution, we have said, goes from one level to the other. So some of us may be facing persecution without even knowing that we are going through persecution. We have defined and broken it down as following. It could be ridicule. Somebody is making fun of you because you believe what you believe. It could be at your place of work. It could be at your school. They make fun of you because they think you are foolish to think there is a God somewhere. It could be harassment. I'm not going to be able to read all the um, scripture verses that are there, but please, after we are done, if you can just mark them down, and when you have your free time, please go through those passages. We have defined persecution again as discrimination. What some of us will have to face when you don't have a job, not because you are not qualified to do that job, but because you are Christian. It is discrimination. Not because of your skin this time, because the discrimination could even come in your own home country where the skin is all the same. Persecution is hostility. Persecution is aggression of threat with an intent to injure somebody to do you harm because of your faith. Persecution could now lead from those mouth or words of mouth to actual attacks on your person. It's not because you stole, it's not because you did something wrong, but because you own or you carry a Bible. Persecution has resulted in serious violence in places too familiar to us, in places like Nigeria. It has led to imprisonment. It has led to torture. It has led to killing. People have lost their lives, not for any wrongdoing, but because they are called Christians. Recently, we had a case of a lady in Pakistan, Asia Bibi. Asia didn't do anything. She went to work. And as she got to work, she had colleagues who are Muslims. So somebody wanted a drink of water. And Asia offered the person her bottle. Here, you can drink from my water. I have some. And the person said, I, I can't drink water from you. You unbeliever, you kafir. And Asia, because she's Christian, she was like, why would you call me that? 
I believe in God. I believe in Christ. I can tell you all the many things that Christ has done for me. What has Mohammed done for me? And that was Aisha Bibi's offense. And because she said that, it was regarded as blasphemy. And they swooped on Aisha and they beat her and they took her to court and everything. One year passed, two years passed, and this lady was in prison. For not saying any, for not doing any other thing, but for just for saying, what has Mohammed done for you? The case went to court. Christians were praying, hoping that Asia would be freed. Eventually, from 2009, Asia got freed a few weeks ago. All the people that spoke up for Asia, lawyers, ministers, a lot of them got killed. But Asia finally got released a few weeks ago. And so we were all happy that Asia is finally out. The judge who granted that release has his or her life now in quotes in trouble. Because in Pakistan, another group rose up. Why should you let Asia go? Asia's case became a national or international um, problem. And Christians were praying. But thank God for Asia. Her case represents just, I don't know, it's less than one, 100%, less than a minute portion of what other Christians are going through. Amen. Pastor, you love me. Thank you. Let's be on our feet, please. Just take one minute. Panel, just remember this. Don't close the light. Amen. Our next slide says, what does the Bible say about persecution? I thank God for today's um, um, what do you call that? The Sunday school. Sunday school. Thank you, sir. Because it talks about being partners with God as people. If you are a Christian and you are doing the work of the kingdom, you are a child of God, and you are conscious, not of the things around you, but you are a kingdom-minded believer, you are going to be stepping on toes. You are going to be annoying some people. And overall, you are going to be annoying the devil. If nobody's persecuting you, it means you're not working the work yet. 
if you're not facing anything, if nothing challenges your Christianity, be it at home, or be it at church, or be it at your place of work, or be it in your school, it means your Christianity, you need to check, is actually you're standing in the faith. Because if you are actually doing the work of the kingdom, they will come after you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. They will harass you. They will make fun of you. They will discriminate against you. They will challenge the authority that you think you have in Christ. John 15 verses 20 to 21, it says, If they persecuted me, this is Jesus talking, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Matthew 5 and verses 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You are blessed when people insult you or persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Not because of me, there I do, but because of uh, Jesus. The Bible says in Philippians 1.29, it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ. Not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. This is the part that a lot of us as Christians want to shy away from. We want to do the believing part, but we are not really prepared to hear the suffering part. The Bible says, have you resisted to the point of shedding your blood? Do you believe Christ enough to go that way? 2 Corinthians 12 and 10. This is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Sometimes these are the marks that separate the wheat from the tares. These are the marks, the scars that might be found in somebody who is an actual believer in Christ. It's not a bread and butter kind of life. Apostle Paul says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Persecution could be the only way for the gospel to get to people in authority. This was what Apostle Paul was trying to show throughout the book of Acts. He denied himself. He partnered with his God. And because he did that, there were places that otherwise he couldn't have gone if he hadn't been persecuted. Praise the Lord. Amen. Next slide. It says facts about persecution. And we say here that persecution will exist as long as God's children continue to engage in acts of righteousness in a sinful world. The world we are living in, we are living on borrowed time. And by that we mean that the world had a beginning. The Bible keeps reminding us that there is an end that is coming. That those who know their God, they will be strong and do exploits. That the time that we are living in is so short because things are happening now so fast and at an alarming rate that everyone's heart who knows their onions, everybody is on, to is on their feet knowing that the alarm could sound any moment from now. 
the way things are happening around the world, every believer in Christ Jesus, we are expected to not set our hearts on the things that are here, but to be mindful of where we are going and where those who have followed before us, where they already went. Because it doesn't matter whether we believe it or not, it is coming. Praise the Lord. We have a list that I have put on the, on the slides there. What we call restricted countries. These are countries where it is so dangerous to practice Christianity. You can see Nigeria there. 2006, I came to Canada. Nigeria wasn't on this, in this portion. Nigeria was among the monitored nations. Made a distinction. Some, some, some countries, if you own a Bible, you will go to jail. Those are the restricted nations. But some other countries, you will be a Christian. Nobody's going to say anything. But if you get into trouble, if you get beat up, if you get tortured, the government is going to be silent. That was where Nigeria was in 2006. But today, brothers and sisters, if there is a 100% persecution in the world, 67% of that persecution is in Nigeria. We have become the top most country where Christians are slaughtered. Glory be to God that we are here in Canada. But I know that some of us, when we talk about going home to Nigeria, we have to count the cost. Because we talk about safety. It was Boko Haram. Now they wear a different face called Fulani Katureras. But they had the same mission. And the mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. They have a plan. And the whole thing is moving around our country, Nigeria. And one by one, they want to eliminate as many Christians as they can. We are sitting on hot coals. But because a lot of us come from the southern part of Nigeria, we are not conscious of what is happening up north. To the Muslims, it doesn't matter whether you are Bible, um, deeper life Bible church, Anglican, Catholic, whatever. It is we who give that distinction. But for them, Christians are Christians. And they slaughter. We are here sitting and having fun, enjoying our service. What happens if a gunman shows up at the door and says, I need you to tell me if you are a Christian or you are not a Christian. If you know you are a Christian, come out. If you know you are not a Christian, remain here. How many of us will be standing? Praise God. And so we found out that in the midst of all of this that are happening, some people have taken it upon themselves not to be should I use the word egocentric? Because the Bible says when one part of the body suffers, all the other parts of the body suffers with it. And so there are groups, different groups, all around the world, all around the nations, including here, including Nigeria, of Christians who have taken it upon themselves to go forth to look out for fellow brethren in different countries. And so the voice of the Matthias Canada is just one of them. Through this mission, 
I got to find out what happened to the children whose parents were slaughtered right before their eyes in Kaduna. The voice of the martyrs, they set up a place in Abelkuta to help raise these children and care for them and provide for them. Because while we cannot do anything for those who are dead, we may at least have an opportunity to do something for the ones who are living. And so the voice of the martyrs is a non-denominational group of Christians. It doesn't matter what church you belong to. We're just a body of Christians, a body of believers. They help to rebuild lives, provide support. They equip the saints. By that we mean the people who have fallen, who didn't die. They help them stand back on their feet and continue with the work of faith. We advocate for the voiceless. We speak for the ones who will not speak. We become kingdom partners, just like we were taught today at Sunday school. We are carriers of the good news of the kingdom. That it is more than us. The gospel and the kingdom is bigger than me. And it's bigger than you. Take a moment to take your eyes off your own problem and look at somebody else. You will discover that there are things, bigger issues than what we are praying about. And when you see what other people are going through, your prayer life is going to change. The voice of the martyrs is a bridge between free Christians and the persecuted believers. We are the free Christians. And then there are people who are not as free as we are. We have places in China. We have places in Iran and Iraq. We have places in Palestine where people have to worship God in what we call underground churches. Basement kind of thing. Because if you are found to be a believer, you will lose your life for it. Places in India. We have places in Ethiopia, in Somalia, in Sudan, in Ghana. In parts of Nigeria in the north, where you have to be very careful how you play your Christianity. And so we take their voices and we spread it out to the people who are not being harassed, that we may not be silenced. Praise God. The voice of the martyrs currently works in over 50 countries through the offices of the Christian Association of Missions. And next slide says what to do. We have prayed this morning that we'll be hearers and then doers of the work. This is the kingdom work. What should we do? First and biggest thing that we can do is pray. Pray. Then you can give. Then you can encourage those people who are in the, in the front line fighting the Christian faith. You can buy materials from our bookstore. You can volunteer with the organization. Not necessarily the voice of the martyrs. There are so many other organizations doing mighty things for the kingdom. There's a women's ministry attached to this organization. You can be a part of them and help lift up the hand of a sister who witnessed her husband being shredded to pieces right before her. 
We have meetings and newsletters and conferences and monthly publications. We have a website, thevoiceofthematterscanada.com, V-O-M. Today I brought some materials that will be on display at the back in the foyer. Please take time to look through. And then we have pray. The next slide, it says pray and give. And a prayer point. Very easy for us to pray. Pray that those people who are standing in the battlefield, that they will not back off. Because when a gunman stands in front of you and tells you deny Christ or die, most likely you will want to deny Christ. But I pray to not be so for them. Because out of this tribulation, a lot of people have become stronger in their faith. They now understand that there's something about that name of Jesus. There is something about it that is annoying the devil. There is something about it that we as believers do not yet understand. There is something about it that is powerful. There is something about that name that is a stumbling block to unbelievers. And so the ones who want to stand, they're standing. If you kill me, it's okay. Because when I die, I know that I'm going somewhere. I know who I believe in. So we are asked to pray. The Bible says if somebody slaps you on one cheek, don't slap back. So we are praying that these Christians will not seek retaliation. If Christians had attacked the Muslims the way the Muslims has, have attacked the Christians, I'm sure there will be full-scale war in Nigeria at this time. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It is those strongholds that we need to attack. Praying that these Christians who have been so tortured will be able to forgive. It is not easy when they kill your father or your mother and then you say, ah, it doesn't really matter. God wanted them to die anyway. It is so hard. We're praying that the people who are persecuting Christians will experience repentance and salvation. We're praying that Christian literature will reach remote areas of the world. And even as we speak, a lot of people are still asking for Bibles in Russia, in China. They have to smuggle these things in sometimes. In Colombia, in Mexico. It is not easy to come by the word of God, so they have to smuggle them in. Because they find you with one, you are a gunner. We're praying that Christian leaders will not be discouraged. Imagine the people you saw in that video. If one of them were to be your pastor, and somebody came and, and took some of us away, just like, ta -ta 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 -ta, like it happens in the U.S., it will take the grace of God for that man of God to remain standing. There are thousands of them like that in Africa. Hundreds of them like that in Nigeria. We need to pray. I will not, they will not faint in the day of battle. We're praying that free Christians will understand what it means to suffer with fellow believers. They're going through pain. Do we want to just be quiet? At least it's not, they didn't kill my father, they didn't kill my mother. I didn't lose a neighbor, so it's none of my business. The Bible teaches us that if anything happens to one, it has happened to all of us. 
if the reverse were to be the case, and we were the ones who were in the battlefield, would we expect anyone to send help to our Jerusalem? We're praying that free Christians will not remain silent. Time is up. Okay, thank you. So that's our final, our final um, slide. Different ways to give if God lays it in your heart to give. Please, the end of the message is please do not be silent. November is the month of international prayers for the persecuted church. Please take some time to pray. And as you do so, may the Lord God bless you richly in Jesus' name. Pastor Sir, I want to say thank you. May God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, Ma, for that uh, enlightenment. Uh, I want us to rise on our feet. Time is fast spent, but I believe the children can just stay here so that we can just pray together. Uh, while she was uh, ministering, a lot of us may, may feel aloof or feel that oh, it's not happening here anyway. But I want to just remind us of some things that even for us here, that's persecution here. It may not look like the persecution you see elsewhere, but it's happening here as well. You know, they may not stop you from carrying the Bible, you know, but there's a way they are persecuting Christians here as well. Uh, I'll give you an example. When they have made it such a way that others have right to do something, but you don't have right to do. Others have right to be able to display or to demonstrate or to show who they have. But Christians don't have the right to say to do the same thing. For example, in our schools, when people that belong to the LGBTQ, whatever, whatever, can do whatever they like, but Christians are not allowed to openly you know, talk about their faith. You are not allowed to openly talk about what you believe in. But meanwhile, they are trying to do what? To introduce those kind of knowledge into the curriculum in schools. That's still persecution. Praise the Lord. So don't, don't just think that it is far from us. And of course, she mentioned of, about what happened recently in America. The man could have gone into a church. Not a synagogue, but Few years back, somebody went to the church, am I right? And kill people. You may say it's an hate crime because he went to a black church. But it's happening. They are being emboldened every day. Praise the Lord. So we need to pray that God Almighty will intervene. Maybe the, the reason why God has brought you and me here is to stand in the gap for these nations and, and begin to act and live our values as Christians. I was watching an advert 
few days ago with my, with my wife, mommy. And in that hard bath, I saw something I've not seen before in a commercial advert. And many of you may have noticed it as well. The hard bath is now making it look as if uh, a man-to-man relationship is normal. They actually showed two men kissing each other. It was an advert. An advert is not why we put parental guide. Am I, are you understanding me? You don't put parental guide on an advert. But what they want to do is to make sure that everybody sees it as a normal way of living. There's a recent new BMW advert, BMW specifically. You watch that advert, it is just two men. It's, if I have to rewind it to see, did I see right? I rewind it several times to, 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 to make it still, so that I can see that there are actually two men. So many things are happening, brethren. And we need to pray. We need to pray and commit to those in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the field to the hand of God that they will stand firm in Jesus' mighty name.